That's no moon. Asteroid from the corner of Coruscant Way and World Drive. You're listening to the intersection of Star Wars, Disney Entertainment, and Parks and Resort Fun. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my ghost host, Nancy. Hello. Oh, keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast at all time. We're breaking down everything we know about Galaxy's Edge. Woohoo! Woo! It's coming much sooner than we thought. Significantly sooner than we thought. Indeed. Oh my. Uh, hey, before we go too much further, the Mouse Droid is brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. That's patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Uh, anything you give us helps us, uh, you know, just keep recording, paying for equipment, uh, and, you know, being able to have a podcast network. And having fun with our Patreon Slack people. Yes, the $1 level gets you into our Patreon-exclusive Slack team, uh, where we have, like, much, much fun. We talk about Celebration coming up, we talk about Captain Marvel, we talk about our pets, it's great. Seriously, just join for the Pets channel alone. Yes, shout out to Odie and Nenya. The most is photogenic a, dog she ever. She is a corgi, and she has a very cute corgi butt. Ridiculously adorable. She's very cute. Again, $1, <laughs> patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Uh, hey, what kind of Disney things have we been up to lately? Um, we, what did we do? We went to the parks recently. Uh, did we talk about our day at Magic Kingdom on the last mouse droid? I think we did. I can't remember. We may have. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we had we went to Hollywood Studios to do Tower of Terror and Star Tours. We uh, went to the Flower and Garden Festival a few times, um, and we went to Animal Kingdom with friends of ours who uh, haven't been there in a very very long time. So we did the safari, we stayed late to do Flight of Passage, it was a fun day. You know, we also did a uh, one night little getaway at, oh, right. uh, at the uh, Swan and Dolphin, uh, right. where we spent some time at Epcot, we roamed the boardwalk, uh, went to Jelly Rolls, and went to studios the next day. I really liked the Swan and Dolphin. Yes, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. It really was. Um, I also had a work thing at Epcot. You did. This week. Uh, I did not have a work thing at Epcot. I'm sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> I mean, I felt bad that you weren't there, and I was. <laughs> yeah, but you got to eat at Beer Garden. I did get to eat at Beer Garden. <laughs> it was very good. Uh, yeah, so that's what we've been up to. Uh, shall we jump into some Disney entertainment news? Yes, we oh, should. 
Okay, so we know that Disney Plus is to be revealed uh, this month. Uh, we should be getting some information concurrently with Star Wars Celebration. Mm, how mm. convenient. Mm, interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and related to that, uh, the 21st Century Fox acquisition is complete. Yeah. Um, I have reservations about handing the Murdoch family all that money. Mm, yeah. But that's for another show. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a lot of content that's going to be pumped immediately into Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Um, I am... So I've been wanting to do a Marvel rewatch, um, but we don't have all of the movies and there are they aren't all on Netflix. Um, so I'm like, well, I want to watch them all chronologically, which of course means the first movie is Captain America, the first Avenger, which we don't have. And I'm like, well, I could buy it or I could just wait for it to be on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Uh, so I'm probably just gonna wait and maybe rent it so I can watch it. Um, did they say if all of the Marvel movies are gonna be on Disney Plus? I don't know if they've said it officially yet, but that's clearly. I feel like it has to be. That's clearly the end game. Ha <laughs> get, get oh, ha ha ha! Did they say all the Star Wars movies are gonna be on Disney Plus? Not initially, because they've still got some outstanding contracts that haven't expired yet. I stars or whoever has tfa uh, right well we'll see um and of course with the 21st century fox acquisition everyone is wondering what's gonna happen with all of those superhero properties and who knows i'm, I'm assuming the x-men will eventually join the mcu because why wouldn't they uh once they finish up their cinematic run that has gotten Worse and worse and worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I loved First Class. I loved First Class. I liked Days of Future Past. I didn't even bother seeing Apocalypse. And yeah, I, I think Bob Bob ha Bob Iger has said that uh, R-rated Deadpool will continue. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I can see like other franchises. Like, I feel like Deadpool is probably the one that's the most sustainable on its own. Yeah, you're never going to see... I don't think you'll ever see Deadpool in the MCU proper, though. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting uh, how that will turn out. <laughs> uh, speaking of Marvel stuff, James Gunn reinstated on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which... Okay? I have a lot of thoughts about this that are not popular, but so I will not... <laughs> Listen, it's good that Disney realized that they were capitulating to a bunch of alt-right trolls. Mm -hmm. But James Gunn is not that great a dude. Well, I mean, I think it's not that I don't think he's not good of a dude. I think he's definitely changed. But my annoyance is they knew who he was and what he had done in the past and they when they him hired him. So if you don't care and you say, oh, okay, well... That was, you know, things you did beforehand and you're a different person now and yay, we want to all believe that people can change and become better people. Then stick to it. Then stick to it, you know? Like, and I feel like his actions since getting fired have sort of proven that he's, you know, a different person now because he never, like, blamed Disney for it. He never acted, like, entitled 
you know, to doing Guardians of the Galaxy. He's like, this is their decision. I, you know, I'm a different person now, but, you know, this is their decision and blah, 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 you know. And he was very grateful when they hired him back. It's just, it's very annoying that the whole situation happened in the first place. Like, Disney, Disney should have just made a statement and said, we are aware of things James Gunn has said in the past. We believe he is changed and a different person now. And we are going to continue our relationship with him. They've kind of handled this <laughs> the worst possible way at every step. Yeah, along because the way. if they had just ignored it to be or not ignored it, just made a statement and then moved on, it would have been fine. The alt right trolls would have moved on. Or if it really was a problem, you shouldn't have hired him. Yeah, at the beginning. Right. Like I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not one to think people should be fired for tweets that they made 10 years ago uh i feel like there are a lot of people saying things right now that are a lot more terrible <laughs> but like also like james gunn isn't the hill i want to die on <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's more the it's more the uh the principle yeah. that bothers me than actual than james gunn like i don't care if he gets to do guardians of the galaxy or not but I feel like if you're going to hire someone, know who you're hiring and stick by it. I'm and if they do something, like if he had made statements like that now in the present day, then yeah, fire the dude. <laughs> but saying, look what he tweeted 10 years ago when he was not involved with you. I mean, I remember when he got hired and there were grumblings about his edgelord crap. Right. And he like said, it was you, known. yeah, so it's just a dumb situation. And I really hope that they've learned their lessons to a not capitulate to all right trolls looking at you, print side of Marvel and B, uh, stand by people you hire <laughs> and make sure that you can by vetting them, you mm -hmm. know, like if they had said to him, yeah, we really want to hire you, but we can't because of this stuff you've done in the past or even better like hire him and say you gotta delete this stuff dude <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah just so, handled poorly every phase yeah. of this whole thing yeah not great yeah uh, moving on. Uh, Galaxy's Edge is getting a tie-in novel, Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson, and we got a cover yes. for it in the last uh, couple of weeks. So, uh, it is about a sp resistance spy who goes to Datu to find allies, and we learned that the spy in question is none other than Vi Moradi, who was in the Phasma novel, and we should also be seeing, uh, Captain Cardinal, also from the Phasma novel, who's actually the protagonist of the Phasma novel, <laughs> not Phasma. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am very excited to have these two characters back. And uh, it's interesting to see tie-in novels to a theme park land. <laughs> but We live in very interesting times. But I mean, of course they're going to, because why would they not? It's all connected. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Dumbo released and bombed critically. Did it come out? It came out this weekend? Yeah. Oh, I want to look at the Rotten Tomatoes. It's, uh, it's not great, Bob. It's not really? great. Really? I mean, I have no, oh, well, 50%? That's not 
terrible. That's not good. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Uh, yeah. Um, I had no desire to see this movie. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know if this is a video on demand for yeah. me. So I did. Well, I haven't looked at. I haven't looked at Rotten Tomatoes in a while, but I was looking at the top box office and as I was like, Captain Marvel got down to 78. Why? What movie were you people watching? Because that was a lot better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and still managed to make 34.4 million this weekend domestically. Jeez. That what is, is it really up to good. now? Let's look. Uh, it is a it is on the verge of crossing a billion dollars internationally. Damn. Or worldwide. Damn, really? Yep. Uh, so yeah, that uh, Captain Marvel did indeed go higher, further, faster. Uh, likely uh. to top $1 billion worldwide within the next weekend or two. Damn. Uh, making it one of the most successful Marvel origin films ever. Uh, with with good reason. because It's, it's a very, great movie. It is a very good movie. Funnily enough, the audience score is a lot lower. Huh. <laughs> hmm. I wonder why. Yes. Uh, what did you think of Captain Marvel? I loved it. It is my probably third favorite Marvel movie. Behind? Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. and Infinity War. Excellent. Yeah. I know I've done that whole which Marvel movies do you like better? Or like which your, that Marvel movie ranking thing. And I think... Captain Marvel got number three. Ooh. I can't remember. I'm going to do that now while we're podcasting. (laughs) Uh, There was also a new Avengers Endgame trailer that came out featuring Captain Marvel. Yes. I really want this movie (laughs) really bad. It is my most anticipated movie of 2019. (laughs) And yes, I am aware that episode nine comes out in 2019. Ooh. Sorry. Uh, yes, it was a very good trailer featuring a nice little stinger at the end with uh, Thor and Captain Marvel. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm just, I'm really looking forward. Like, that was one of the things I loved most about the first, about Infinity War, seeing how all the characters came together and worked together. And that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing with this as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, some Disney Parks and Resorts news. This one was a real surprise to me. Uh, the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular not only is going to stay open, it's getting an update. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, theoretically. We, but this thing has been rumored to be closing for like years. Yeah. Since I'm the day I moved out here, I started <laughs> hearing rumors that this thing was going to close. Right. I mean, theoretically, uh, I think... It's if they open it, if they do a new Indiana Jones movie, I would imagine it's supposed to tie into that. But are they going to do a new Indiana Jones movie? Actually, who knows? But I do think that re-theming it and ditching the whole ditching the whole working yeah, it doesn't work anymore because they haven't made movies there in a long time. So The, the whole working studio thing went out the window ages ago so yeah if if this is getting an update that probably goes along with it yeah i agree uh still though really surprising was not expecting to uh to see that um meanwhile over at the grand floridian uh misner's lounge is currently closed 
uh, for refurbishments. And there's a rumor going around that it's going to be rethemed as a Beauty and the Beast library bar and lounge. I don't know what I think about this. Okay, take out the Beauty and the Beast thing. Library bar. I like that. Uh, but we were just talking about the, um, we were just talking about that lounge with someone because it's kind of hidden. It's behind the band. Which I like. Yeah. So, I mean, I like that. I mean, I don't know. I just hope they don't change too much of the, I don't know what I liked about it. (laughs) So, yeah. It, it was just a nice little quiet overlook yeah. of uh, Seven Seas Lagoon. Yeah. Yeah. It was very nice. It was, it was, but like theming part of the hotel to be a movie is kind of weird to me. Yeah. I mean, none of the other hotels do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or on the monorail loop anyway. Right. So I don't, yeah, it's, it would be weird. Uh, in news that is extremely relevant to my interest, there's now a mac and cheese food truck at <laughs> Disney Springs. Uh, <laughs> is there? So I'm sorry, I must leave this recording now and go to the mac and cheese food truck. <laughs> Where is it uh, in Disney Springs? You know, there's that food truck. Uh, yeah. Section in the west side. Near the west side near the AMC. I'm pretty sure it's there. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, and. Yeah, that that appears to be where it is. Uh, it is just called Mac and Cheese, and I'm looking at I'm looking at what their offerings are right now: barbecue brisket macaroni and cheese, bacon cheeseburger macaroni and cheese, lobster and shrimp macaroni and cheese, chicken parm mac and cheese, and six cheese crunchy mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. I would like to try all of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, ooh, that barbecue brisket one actually looks really good. Yeah. If only you liked mac and cheese, I mean, Nancy. I like mac and cheese. I'm just not like, ooh, mac and cheese. <laughs> you might like the lobster and shrimp one. Yeah, maybe. Mm, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out next time I'm over at Disney Springs. <laughs> um, Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. Uh, Earth uh, welcome to Earth. Uh, there's going to be a live stream on April 9th. Uh, so if you can't make it out to Disney world before uh, illuminations goes away you can catch the live stream mm, yeah i'm i don't know i'm not that much <laughs> i know you're not i'm gonna miss it though i know i'm sorry mm. uh there is an adults only hideaway coming to typhoon lagoon okay which uh, will feature uh kind of a sports outdoor sports bar oh theme. okay that would be nice. That would be nice. If only we still had the uh, water parks in our annual passes. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We do not. <laughs> we have not been to the water parks in some time. No. Uh, some new features announced for the Disney Play app in relation to Galaxy's Edge. And this is some cool stuff. Uh, it's going to be using augmented reality uh, to translate galactic languages on screen. So you po- I- I'm guessing how this works is you point it at something and it does the augmented reality thing where it translates mm. it in real time in front of you. Interesting. Uh, you'll be able to discover precious cargo and digital goods as you scan objects all around the spaceport, uh, including items hidden inside shipping crates and containers. You can tune in to communication sent by the planet's many residents to uncover stories and secrets throughout the land and unscrambled transmissions being sent from far, far away. And you can use the Play Disney Parks app to hack into the land's many devices, control panels, and droids. Interesting. That sounds like fun. It does. So, yes, you can turn your smartphone into a data pad. 
uh, you should make sure you have a extra battery before you do this. Yes, you should. Hey, Brian, can we back up for a minute? Back up, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because I did the MCU films thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we're gonna trans. We're gonna go back to the MCU films thing. I was correct. Mm-hmm. It Captain Marvel is my number three MCU movie. My top five is Thor, Ragnarok, Infinity War, Captain Marvel, The Avengers, and Black Panther. That's a good lineup. Yeah, that's a good set of. That's a good top five. Yep, I'm down with that. <laughs> All right, it's time to talk about the big news. The big news. The discussion topic this month. What is that, Brian? A whole bunch of Galaxy's Edge Yay! news dropped. Uh, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today uh, was so helpfully put together by uh, our good friend Amy Ratcliffe over at Nerdist. Uh, yes. Thanks, Amy, for all the write-ups. Uh, they are proving very invaluable for this show. And Amy will be one of the stage hosts at Star Wars Celebration. Hooray! Next, this month? Next oh, month? We're. I think we're... We're less than two weeks away. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not ready. Yeah. Uh, We're like 10 days away, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's next week. Yep. It's next week, Brian. (laughs) Oh, crap. (laughs) We should should work. Well, I haven't worked on packing because I don't know what the weather is going to be like next week in Chicago. So I'm just going to wear my normal attire. Yes. Shorts and a hoodie. I know. But I'm not. I will be bringing jeans. I don't know if I can get away with t-shirts with a cardigan or if I have to bring sweatshirts or long sleeve shirts to wear under my t-shirts, which will be hard because my shirts are form-fitting, but we'll see. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, (laughs) Galaxy's Edge. Uh, We have opening dates. Uh, I believe this was announced on the last annual earnings call uh, Mm -hmm. with Bob Eager and the investment gang. Yes. Um, And these opening dates are significantly earlier than we thought. Like we heard, uh, at at least for uh, Hollywood Studios, we were hearing... Late fall. Yeah, we were hearing late fall but uh, for studios, but May... May 31. Yes. Uh, for Disneyland. Yes. Which, yeah, that's pretty early. Yeah. Um, over in Disneyland, though, the first month will require you make a free reservation. Good luck getting one. <laughs> well, if you stay at one of the Disney hotels, you automatically get one. Yeah. So book a hotel reservation if you yes. want to get in there over the first month. And the stunner was August 29th mm-hmm. for Hollywood Studios. Yeah. That like is that, really early. That is two to three months earlier right. than, and, well, than we were. We thought we'd get it. Right. And before people ask, will we be going there opening weekend? Hell no. Also, we will probably not be here then Mm-mm. because that's Labor Day weekend. Uh, we will likely be at Dragon Con in Atlanta. Hopefully we'll mm-hmm. be at Dragon Con in Atlanta. So anyway, we would not be there anyway because <laughs> there would be too many people and we can go the next weekend or the next month when it's not as crazy. Uh-huh. But, you know, it will be for a while. Uh, both parks will be opening with Flight of the Falcon. Uh, however, Rise of the Resistance will open at a later date. Now... Staggering the openings, I don't think anyone had predicted that. Uh, You and I talked about whether or not we think that's a good idea. And I think we both agreed that it is a good idea. I can understand people being annoyed 
that if they make trips to Galaxy's Edge, they're not getting the whole land. But I think, especially in California, there are so many locals that go to Disneyland mm-hmm. that uh, it will the locals will go to go on Flight of the Falcon, but a lot of the probably people who were going to make vacations will go later because they don't want to make spend all that money when one ride isn't open. So I think it will help stagger the people who have to go right now and then people who can wait for the whole experience. Yeah, no, I, I which agree. Which is good because they need all the staggering they can get. I, I agree. I think it's I think it's subtly genius. Yeah. Uh, but also if the if the Flight of the Falcon is going to be ready then and the Rise of the Resistance, which we've heard is a more complicated ride will not be why not open the stuff that's ready when you can make money and Mm -hmm. have a different part of the park open to guests (laughs) listen i we're cynical we we know they want to make money we are cynical they want to make money and but um uh it's a it's a good thing yeah as far as i'm concerned i agree Uh, um but yeah if you are if you're annoyed by it just wait to go let you're, them work out you're the, you're not yeah let them work out the kinks exactly you're not going to be missing anything it's still going to be there when you go <laughs> it's not the same i i know us star wars fans are we have to do everything right away because of spoilers but it, it's really hard to spoil a theme park just don't watch video walkthroughs or your or ride walkthroughs uh and I mean, experiencing it is going to be incredible, no yeah. matter what you know about it beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, wait if you want to do it all in one go. Yep. If not, uh, just head on there earlier and enjoy the atmosphere. Exactly. That's my plan. Yep. Uh, Star Tours will remain open despite Galaxy's Edge. Uh, there, I, Apparently there'd been some rumblings from folks that there's no way Star Tours could stay open. It's a Star Wars theme thing outside of uh, outside of Galaxy's Edge, so it's got to close, right? No. No. Um, it's definitely not a part of Galaxy's Edge, though. Think of Star Tours as... Uh, think of Star Tours more as a ride uh, to promote the films rather than something where you're stepping into the universe. It's an out-of-universe thing. It'll be there. It'd be cool if it connected to Galaxy's Edge, but yeah, yeah just take it for I was it hoping is. that, at least in Hollywood Studios, they could have found some way to have the ride exit dump you into Batu, but that would have involved like A tunneling. major engineering redesign. I mean, if they had just gotten rid of the Muppets area, they could have done that, but people would be mad about getting rid of the Muppets area, which my solution is put, put the Muppets in Epcot. In Epcot. <laughs> I don't want to get rid of the Muppets either. I love the Muppets, but they would be great in Epcot. Yeah, absolutely. So, but whatever. I don't run things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Star Tours is going to remain open, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got a glimpse at the Galaxy's Edge cast and costumes. Mm-hmm. And these costumes were like Disney bounding, pushed to the absolute extreme. Sorry, you hear that buzzing? I no. hear buzzing. I don't hear buzzing. 
but I don't have headphones on either. <laughs> Sorry, I think I've got that fixed now. Uh, yeah, so I... Uh, the Disney, costumes. Yeah, Disney yeah. posted uh, some pictures of the costumes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these show up at uh, Celebration next yeah, week. Yeah, so the interesting things about the costume is like they are mix and match pieces. And so like people who work in the area can decide what they're going to wear that day. Like it's not like people who work on Space Mountain all wear the same uniform, you know, or people who work on Star Tours all wear the same uniform. It's you'll be able to like, oh, I feel like wearing the the vest today or the jacket, you know, and you, there's jewelry too. My issue with the costumes is that they all look very warm. And these are people who are going to be working in Orange County, California and Orlando, Florida. I, I do wonder <laughs> if I do wonder if there's leeway. So some folks who are going to be cast members outside mm -hmm. can opt for the lighter options well, I, I, yeah i mean they can decide what to do it's even i don't see anything that's short sleeved or short like shorts and for people you know, you're right there are no short sleeve or shorts options so in this. i hope they're very breathable material <laughs> and i'm sure they spared no expense but i mean yeah that was my first thought was oh god wearing those in 95 degree heat in summer is going to be awful also if it rains <laughs> there's no sort of like rain protection <laughs> it it is neat though that these are not really quote-unquote cast member uniforms right as we're accustomed to seeing yeah no that i love i just i hope like they they look they like they live there yeah i just hope that they will be there are lighter options for the poor people who have to work outside <laughs> in the summer. We also did see uh, the name badges they'll be using. Yes. Uh, it's really clever. Um, the uh, name badges have English script that's mm -hmm. styled in kind of Orbish yeah. with the Orbish translation underneath <laughs> it. Right. Which is cool. Uh, and I would very much like to get something, buy something like that for myself. Yeah. So, yes, let me buy one of those badges. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure... Sure, they will. <laughs> oh, they will indeed. Um, the OC Register uh, had an interesting article on how you'll be flying the Falcon in uh, Smugglers in the uh, aboard the new Smugglers Run ride. Um, from the looks of it, uh, this ride is kind of an interesting combination of uh, Mission Space with its quick time events, mm -hmm. uh, Flight of Passage with its giant screen and um it's it, it's really it, it's really clever looking um but uh, yeah you you're, you're not actually flying and controlling it like a full motion simulator but yeah you'll you'll have access to quick time events uh each station is going to have its own set of responsibilities i'm interested to see like what uh like how many like ride vehicles are there going to be <laughs> because there's six people per cockpit <laughs> thanks siri thanks siri um you know there's six people per per cockpit so how many cockpits are there gonna be because that's you know you got to get people through um so i'm wondering if it's going to be set up like mission space where you have like one waiting area and then they kind of separate you out 
because it said the Q was going to be actually in the Falcon. So, and then I've, you get like your boarding number. I had someone speculate that there, there are multiple, obviously cockpit assemblies, yeah. and they kind of rotate, rotate through uh, and through to the door leading hmm. leading to the cockpit. Yeah. So, group of six loads. That cockpit assembly then shifts moves. left. Yeah. Next one comes in another group of six loads. Ha. Huh. That's interesting. It's an, it'd be a really interesting way to engineer that without breaking immersion that you're in the Falcon. Right, yeah. Because, like, you know, with Mission Space, you know, they you go into the training room and they, like, send you to, like, your little area. But there's, like, a whole bunch of other people there, too. So it's not, like, that sort of level of immersion. So uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to read a little bit of this OCR article. Uh, mm-hmm. Riders will enter smug... The Smuggler's Run ride th- queue through Onaka Transport Solutions. Uh, I'm guessing that's a little hangar area that our friend Hondo Onaka is running. Um, riders will receive their smuggler mission from an audio-animatronic version of Hondo, which we'll come back to in a little bit, before moving into the hold of the Millennium Falcon and eventually the cockpit of Han Solo's famed YT-1300 light freighter. The Smuggler's Run ride experience begins and ends in Black Spire Outpost with the hangar bay of Onaka Transport Solutions projected on a dome screened outside of the cockpit windows of the flight simulator. Six riders will take their seats with the pilots up front, gunners in the middle, flight engineers in the rear. All buttons, switches, and knobs in the cockpit make clicking, chirping, or beeping sounds when activated, and their implementation directly impacts each mission. So again, that's going to be kind of the quick time event thing that Mission Space does. Um, This is an experience that's all about touching but touching buttons, playing with buttons. It's highly, highly encouraged, said Walt Disney, Imagineering executive, creative director, Asa Kalama. Now, you need to be careful because those buttons already ducked into the very systems of the Millennium Falcon. Depending on what you push, it might have the desired effect or an unintended consequence. So which of the 200 buttons, knobs, and switches should you be pushing, turning, and toggling? The one that's flashing, the... WDI uh, producer Jacqueline King said. <laughs> That's funny. So it's going to, fl- so you'll get something that flashes at you and you'll have to toggle. What's that out. flashing? What's that flashing? How many Star Wars fans are going to say that? Y- yes. <laughs> it's going to be a rule. Someone has to go, what's that flashing? <laughs> uh, the pilot yokes are going to have lights that indicate which direction to fly up, down, left, or right. Um, so that's an interesting implementation of the quick time event. Um, yeah. Uh, steering the ship left and right is the responsibility of the pilot sitting in the front uh, front left seat. The pilot in the front right seat will guide the ship up and down, mm-hmm. um, and pull the thro- pull back the throttle lever to make the jump to hyperspace. I'm gonna cry when I get to toggle hyperspace for the first time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> punch it, Chewie. So the gunners in the middle seats are responsible for pushing an array of buttons that fire the Falcon's weapon systems. Um, because we are a smuggling operation, chances are we may come against folks who are not too happy about what we are up to, Kalama said. <gasps> what? It will be up to the gunners in the middle to provide defense for the Millennium Falcon. If they oh, don't no. line up the TIE fighters fast enough, the hull is going to get riddled and the ship is going to shake violently. Oh, no. So that's interesting. Um, <coughs> the ride vehicle will shake, maybe, if you don't knock out the TIEs in time. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. And uh, the flight engineers in the rear are responsible for getting the Falcon back into working condition after an accident or attack. (coughs) 
if you run into, uh, there are a lot of spires and black spire outposts, Kalama said. If you run into one and the pilots don't steer out of the way, the ship's going to crash into them. Warning alarms are going to go off and it'll be up to the flight engineers in the back to make sure that they keep the ship in working order. Uh... This all sounds really cool, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of re-ride value in this. Yes, definitely. Uh, and much like a video game attraction, it's going to keep track of each rider's success and failure during the mission. Oh, no. You get to compete against yourself, especially if you play multiple times. You don't, you'll know how well you did last time. This time, if you took out more ties, you did better. And your reputation as a pilot, gunner, or flight engineer will stick with you during subsequent visits to Galaxy's Edge. <coughs> we do want it to feel like a consequential act, Kalama said. Flying the ship cleanly and beautifully or smashing it into the point where it's on fire is something uh, that people would know about and talk about. Right. I am very excited for this ride. I am too. It's going to be a lot of fun. And yet somehow this is still playing second fiddle to Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which we yeah. still don't know all that much about. Right. Um, yeah, we really don't know a lot about it. Um, and we got some details from that Nerdist article, mm-hmm. but it's still very unclear. Like, there's that picture of the ADATs, which, um, you know, we saw when they were doing construction. Like, we saw them bring those in. But, like... It's basically like, I don't know. I've heard you you get out of your vehicle and are put into like a holding cell and then you have to break out. Uh, it sounds yeah. like they're doing some really clever things. Yes. With the queue system. Yeah. It's not. Where tw- the queue is actually part of the attraction. Yeah, it's not 28 minutes long. Which, no. Uh, but. The uh, Bob Chapek did say it's the longest attraction we've ever developed with a ride vehicle. So, so it, that sounds like it's hedging to say no. It's not going to be Ellen's energy adventure. No. Length. And he also said the complex advanced experience is almost like being on four attractions at once. I cannot wait to see this. Yes. Uh, there's a track. This vehicle uh, that's going to circle the feet of the Adat. Um, but yeah, so you're like, you're at the resistance base on Jakku, and then you're supposed to go on a mission for them, but you get stuck, you get stopped by the First Order. So, yeah. And there's that this Nerdist article, you can go and read all the details. I don't want to go into all the details, because, you know, if you want to experience the attraction without finding all about it (laughs) but there's a lot of very cool things that uh, are already confirmed to be a part of it yes i am very excited about it uh speaking of our friend dear friend hondo onaka (laughs) um i still have not looked at this video oh okay we got to get your we got to get your (laughs) real-time reaction all right so go go ahead and launch it so launching it walt disney imagineering released a video uh late february um that shows the animatronic they have built uh, of Hondo Onaka. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And apparently is the second most advanced animatronic okay, they've ever built. The the animatronic in progress is very scary though. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the skeleton's a little the skeleton creepy. with the, just the teeth smiling. 
All right. Damn. That is very, uh, very advanced. It's this animatronic shows a level of fluidity. Jeez. Right? Holy cow. There's a level of fluidity and expression that I've never before seen from an animatronic. And this is apparently the second most advanced one behind only the shaman. Yeah. No, the, the, the shaman uh, avatar is amazing. Yeah. Like, I would, like, I know that's an animatronic. And every time I pass, and the thing with that one is you are super close to that animatronic mm -hmm. the, on the uh, the Navi River journey. Uh, you're, you sail right past it and it's so fluid it does not look animatronic at all um i think the the um i think what helps with like the shaman and hondo they're not human they're not human mm -hmm. so it's not like oh that doesn't look like a person's face you know it looks like what we would think they would look like in real life what so. i can't get over though is just how expressive mm -hmm. this animatronic is just from the facial movement yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. I'm, ex I'm excited to see Hondo. Right. Uh, hey, let's talk about building droids and lightsabers. Yes. So obviously at Galaxy's Edge, there's going to be shops because if you're in Disney, you buy stuff, you buy stuff. Um, and you're going to get the opportunity to build droids and lightsabers and not just lightsabers like, uh, at the little lightsaber construction place you'd see in, uh, Star Tours. Uh-huh. Um, you'll be able to build some really nice, uh, really nice looking lightsabers uh, that have their own uh, kyber crystals inside them. And uh, it's going to be an experience that sounds like it's kind of akin on the wand shop. Yeah. Uh, over at uh, Wizarding World. Yeah. Um, I, I like that they're more like real looking lightsabers than what you have currently. Yeah, like they, they the don't look like obvious toys. I don't toys. think they're going to get rid of the build your own oh, toy no, no, lightsabers. Oh, no, that'll always be there. Um, but, like, this is definitely a nice, like, one-time thing to get a, a real lightsaber. And the same with the droids. Like, I don't think they're going to get rid of the little action figure droid things, but, like, building, like, a real small, smaller version of a droid would be... Very cool. So you'll be able to buy replicas of famous lightsabers. Uh-huh. Uh, or you can construct your own. Yes. And uh, you're going to be able to do something similar with droids. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the Droid mm -hmm. Depot, where you're going to be able to construct little mini astromechs. Yep. Um, that comes with this very cute custom astromech unit box. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, and there's a whole lot of other uh, purchasing things you'll get to do uh there are busts of of uh, famous jedi uh that you can buy uh, you can buy uh jedi or sith holocrons um <clears throat> and you can buy uh toys from a todarian toy maker uh mm -hmm. little stuffed plush uh figures of heroes of the resistance or uh the first order um and uh, also, uh, there's a creature stall where you can get yourself a stuffed Rathtar. Aww. Aww. How cute. And of course, a stuffed Porg. Of course. Because you have to have a stuffed Porg. If you don't already have one. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. And finally, outfits. Very important. This is what I'm most important about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excited um, about. Now, this is where 
I think Disney has relaxed some of their costuming rules mm -hmm. for adults uh, because you can buy uh, some pretty nice looking first order gear. Uh, you can buy um, you can buy some uh, jackets and vests uh, and looks like complete Jedi tunics. Yeah, I am very excited to see the various types of Star Wars attire and we'll probably purchase them. I will as well. There's a lot there. That's <laughs> I'm not, I'm not interested in like the Jedi, you know, uniforms or whatever, but like out like inspired outfits, I definitely would like, buy. Those jackets look amazing. Yes. Uh, there's some shirts there that look uh, really cool. Yes. Um, but uh, we, we, we have to move on to talk about the most important part. Yes. Of Galaxy's Edge. Far <laughs> and away. Food right. and drink. Oh, there are some really cool options here. Uh, there's obviously going to be Olga's Cantina because you can't. You have you, to have a have cantina, to. and I can't wait yes. to go get a drink in a cantina. Um, there are both alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks, as well as small plates. Very good uh, available at Olga's Cantina. Uh, as far as snacks go at the cantina, there's the Cantina Mix. Um, some of these names are yet to be determined. Mm -hmm. uh, and this cantina mix is a galactic space version of bar snacks. So wasabi peas, small rice cracker bits, uh, shrimp chips. <laughs> <Bar> and snacks. <laughs> Freeze-dried chocolate. Cantina snacks, cantina Brian. Cantina snacks, I'm sorry. Uh, there's also Oga's Obsession, a gelatin-based dish, dish served in a Petri dish with popping pearls, dried fruits, and pop rocks. Probably not for me. Yeah. No. And something Thank called you. the Rodian Ration, which uh, we they, they didn't have ready to show. Um, uh -huh. As far as non-alcoholic beverages over at Oga's, there's a Black Spire Brew, a coffee drink with a cold brew bent. Um, the Blue Bantha, a glass of blue milk topped with a cookie, decorated with a bantha horn. Uh, <laughs> some other uh, things that are coming are the Cliff Dweller, the Terrine Tea, Hyperdrive Punch It, Jabba Juice, Mugen Tea, Carbon Freeze. All sorts of non-alcoholic choices. Yeah. Now, if you're looking for the alcoholic options, uh, there's the Fuzzy Tauntaun, a light, fuzzy, naval-inspired cocktail topped with a fuzzy foam. That's a lot of F-words yes. in there. I'm sorry for the plosives. Uh, the Bloody Rancor, a Bloody Mary-esque morning drink with an edible bone garnish. The Yub Nub, <laughs> essentially a rum punch with passion fruit seeds. I think that's a little more up your alley. Oh, my God. I want that. You want the Yub Nub? Yes. Excellent. I haven't looked at these yet, so I'm looking at them now. Uh, the Jedi Mind Trick uh, has botanical flavors, grapefruit, bitterness, no. and is meant to start and finish in different ways. Uh, no. The Outer Rim, a margarita with a black salt rim. No. Uh, there's a drink called the T-16 Skyhopper, the Dagobah Slug Slinger, Jet Juice. <laughs> oh, Jet Juice. It'll melt your brain. Yeah. Uh, Spear and Calf, Bespin Fizz. Um... <laughs> Bad Motivator IPA. I'm excited for that uh, one. Uh, the Toneray, uh, which will be uh, teal and bubbly, just oh, like the Alderaan version. Aww. Uh, the White Wampa Ale, which will be a uh, vice beer. Um, and the Spice Runner, which is a dark red cider. Mm -hmm. mm, there are some good options there. Yes. Uh, so they're going to be... Um, Disney has actual microbrewers lined up creating these drinks for them. Uh, so some of the beers on tap will be uh, will have specialty handles, so you you can see which brewers are making them. Uh, Oga's not a brewer or a winemaker, so she's contracted with winemakers and brewers from across the galaxy to stock <laughs> Oga's Cantina. Yes, and I can't wait to get a drink there. 
but you can't forget the highlight of Oga's Cantina, the DJ. DJ Rex. Rex who is not the clone, but the former Star Tours captain. <laughs> yeah, DJ Rex will be a, uh, spinning up some of the best pop music in the entire Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. Uh, we and last- is once again voiced by Paul Rubens. Aww. Yeah, Ronto's so, Roasters is the other one. Mm-hmm. This is going to be uh, this is going to be the uh, quick service restaurant, open, yeah. I believe. Open air <laughs> establishment. Uh, he runs his stall with the help of his droid. The shop is decorated with pod racing flags and flare. Um, and Bakar's is an Bakar is the name of the owner. He's modified a pod racing engine to roast Ronto meat. <laughs> Ronto being a beast from Tatooine. Yes. Uh, so what kind of food options do we have here? We got the Ronto wrap, which is a wrap with roasted pork and spice grilled Portuguese sausage topped with a slaw and spicy clutch sauce and a pita. That looks really good and I can't wait to try it. <laughs> <clears throat> Sweet teriyaki turkey jerky. Uh, they took into account that the excessive heat from the pod race engine would dry meat out, hence the jerky. Uh, there's a spicy herb turkey jerky. And sour sarlacc Tatooine sunset or Melo run juice, which shout out to you rebels fans. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that will be uh, good to taste. Uh, they also have a milk stand, which um, the milk stand appears to be uh, Disney's answer to uh, butter beer. Of course. Uh, so there will be blue milk and green milk. Um, the texture is being described as like a smoothie. Which is way better than milk on a 95, 3000000000 billion percent humidity right. day in Central uh, Florida. The plant dairy-based drinks are vegan. The blue bantha milk is described as having berry notes, while the green milk will have a tropical flavor. I might actually like the tropical. Yeah, that tropical one sounds uh, really, really good. Yeah. Um, they've got, there's so many other, like, food options. I, I It will take too long to go through all of them. But there's some sort of, like, outpost mix that looks like it's sweet and salty popcorn with a little bit of spice that's dark red and purple uh there's docking bay seven food and cargo which is the quick service restaurant um but it definitely does not look like the typical quick service type food it's got a bit of a satouli canteen vibe to it yeah like there's braised shack roast, there's um it which is beef pot roast with cavadillo pasta, kale and mushrooms. There's fried yip yip or uh, fried tip yip, which is fried chicken with roasted vegetable mash and grain herb gravy. There's uh Felucian garden spread, uh which are vegan meatballs um so there they have um there's also Ithorian garden loaf which is vegan meatloaf so they'll have some vegan options which are more than just you know salad which is good um cadu ribs um oven roasted burra fish um there's uh Oven roasted tip yip, which is like roasted chicken with vegetables in a bowl. Like all of this stuff is served like in bowls. Um, it just looks very interesting. Um, I'll definitely have to experiment to take find something I like, but it looks like there are a lot of options for people. And it's not going to be like 
theme park food that makes you feel gross for the rest of the day. No, no, yeah. Again, uh, Satouli Canteen vibe. Yeah. Uh, or comparison definitely works there. Yes. And Satouli Canteen's currently my favorite uh, quick service in the parks. Yes. Um, and then some more, uh, you know, alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink options, uh, uh, kid options, dessert options. There's going to be a lot of food to eat. You will not go hungry. Uh, one of the things I, um, one of the things I, at the bottom of the article, it says, a few final notes to share. Though the proprietors of all these restaurants and stands have a presence through their employees, they won't necessarily be seen themselves. <laughs> also, Disney has not yet decided whether they will relabel water bottles to be in-universe, like Harry Potter World does with the their gilly water. But it sounds likely that they will get imports of soda to Black Sparrow Outpost. Um, if you have been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you know that they do not sell any sort of soft drinks in the in the land because J.K. Rowling wanted it to be immersive. Oh, all Disney has to do is get Coca Cola to say, "Hey, give a let us call Coke Zero something spacey." Yeah, Space Coke Zero, <laughs> Space Coke. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Oh, is that all? Yeah, that's all. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. I am, like, I'm less excited about the rides than I am just about the experience. And I know a lot of people are worried, like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to wait hours to go on the lines. And I'm I'm sure we'll go over, like, what they're actually going to do as far as lines are concerned in a later episode. But, like... You know, I know it's a lot of money, and so you definitely want to go on the rides if you're not a local, but experience, just experiencing it seems like it's going to be just amazing, you know, and just sitting there and listening to the John Williams composed area music, which is just incredible. August 29th yep. for you uh, Walt Disney World folks. Yes. May 31st for people in Disneyland, and I will definitely be looking or checking out reports to see what it's like and pictures good luck <laughs> shall we go on to questions let's answer a couple questions from listeners uh marshall asks us what is your favorite special event type uh of anything they do at the parks uh, food and wine flower and garden not so scary and why well uh there, there's kind of two different things uh that you gave us there like food and wine flower garden is um just anyone with a regular ticket can go uh, not so scary falls into an extra ticketed event. Yeah. Um, for those things that anyone with a park pass can go to, f uh, food and wine festival yeah. is far and away my favorite special. Definitely, event. mine too. Uh, for the hard ticketed events, um, I don't know. I I haven't done a lot of them. I mean, I guess it would be like cliche to say Galactic Nights, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed the Christmas party. Um, I also really enjoyed Not So Scary, so... I, the, uh, Mickey's uh, Christmas party yeah. edges it just a little bit for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. So yeah, that, that'd be my answer on that one. Yep. Uh, John asks, how hard is it to get wheelchairs from the park itself, uh, Walt Disney World specifically? We'll be there in May with my 70-something parents. Not hard at all. So you can rent wheelchairs from the parks and as well as scooters. Um, the only suggestion I would have is to get there early because they do they do run out just because, you know, people rent them there. Um, but if you are if you're staying on property, that's 
probably the best option. It, it, but if they need them for outside of the parks, there are a lot of companies that will rent wheelchairs and scooters. Um, I, I the one I see all the time is Buena Vista scooters. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you want something for all of the time, not just the parks, um, you can look into doing it from an outside company. There's lots of them. It won't be, and they they specialize in it, so it won't be hard to either get it from the airport or get it delivered to your hotel or whatever. Yeah, it's you know they, we see them all the time there. And uh, in May, it shouldn't be too hard yeah. to get it inside the park. Yeah, the, the only thing I would say is just get there early because it's like, you know, the strollers, people, they only, I mean, they only have a certain amount. So, you know, you don't want to risk them running out, but you can definitely rent them from there. Yeah, I, it, it's it's not something I would panic over. No, though. definitely not. Okay, well, that's it for us let's go ahead yeah. and close out here this episode of the mouse road has been brought to you in part by you our patreon subscribers that's patreon.com slash tashi station one dollar level gets you into our patreon exclusive slack team where you can ask all about park strategies with us yes that's the thing we do uh you can follow us on twitter at mouse droid show that's the official show account you can follow nancy at nancy pants that's nancy with an i you can find me with lane winry l-a-n-e-w-i-n-r-e-e uh tashi station is the network account uh, follow that for all of our great shows uh the mouse droid again is part of the tashi station podcast network we're available on itunes and google play uh leave a review if you like what we hear uh what you hear you can also subscribe to the tashi station network mega feed for all of our great shows Thanks for listening to another episode. We will catch you all next time. Bye-bye. So long. The Mousetroid is a Tashi Station Network production. For more information and to hear more of our great shows, visit Tashi-Station.net.